and welcome to another edition of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Tommy Dees, Sports Director at the Tennessean here in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are? I'm Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt Beat Reporter with the Tennessean. And we're going to talk a little pre-season football with SEC Media Days coming up, a little baseball and, and, and maybe some other sports. So, so let's start with Hoover this next week. Hoover, not Birmingham. That's correct. Right. It's a suburb of Birmingham. It is the uh, Franklin. Okay. It, is, it is to Birmingham as Franklin is to Nashville. I would say that. Okay. There's always some confusion when we go down there. Are we in Birmingham? Are we in Hoover? Are we on the line? We are, in fact, in Hoover. You are, in fact, in Hoover okay. and attached to, I think, the biggest mall in the state of Alabama. Okay. But, and in a very nice hotel, which at one point had a Shula's Steakhouse, but that was open when Mike was head coach at Alabama and survived much longer after he wasn't coach than I thought it was. I was going to say that'd be a little awkward after the fact. People like steak, right? Yeah, and that could say, <laughs> "Well, that's news. yeah, that's Don's place." Okay, right. yeah. So, right. so anyway, Vanderbilt will be there on Thursday, uh, the last of the four days of SEC Media Days, where all the head coaches and uh, select players, three from each team, will be on hand. Why don't you tell us about uh, Vanderbilt's guys? Well, Keyshawn Vaughn, running back; Kalaja Lipscomb, wide receiver; Jared Pinkney, tight end. Those three have something very important in common. They were all all SEC last year, AP all conference selections. They're also all three on offense. It's very, very, very rare for three offensive guys to represent Vanderbilt. Three offensive skill position guys. Yes. Yeah. Normally Vandy would bring and this isn't a knock on Vandy, it's just what it is. Normally if Vandy's bringing three guys, it's gonna be an offensive lineman. Last year. Was... Yep. A and then two defensive players. Because right. historically they've been good on defense. Um, if they're good in something, they're usually good on defense. And even Derek Mason's era, obviously, he's a defensive guy. You would think that. But this is not what they've been before. And I'll, I'll be curious. I always kind of know what I'm going to get and what I'm looking for when I go to media days. I'm always curious to step back and see how Vanderbilt is, uh, how other beat writers, other media at other schools approach Vanderbilt. You know, I mean, do, do they do they care? Do they see these players as uh, up to par with other players? And I'll be curious to see that this time because if you've seen Keyshawn Vaughn even a little bit, if you just saw him in the bowl game, you're convinced he's top three running backs in the conference. I mean, he's the leading rusher coming back, but he's not the leading rusher in that like Ralph Webb was a few years ago of the, well, he's he, he tries hard and he grinds it out and he's a hard worker. Now, if he was at Alabama, Georgia, LSU, he wouldn't start. He'd barely play. But he's at Vanderbilt and he's good. Well, Keyshawn Vaughn's not that type of running back. Keyshawn Vaughn would, Keyshawn Vaughn would, would get major carries at Georgia. Right. I don't know that he starts at Alabama, but he plays at Alabama right. for sure. And Alabama plays three running backs anyway. And he would be they've one had non-starters who've gone in the in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. So right. that's no insult when I say he might not start, but he would be in heavily in their rotation. He absolutely would be in there. And collide now. Well, Jared Pinkney is a high NFL draft pick. Will be he would play at any school and, and would start at a. Just about every school in the and conference. He is, he is going to be a quarterback's best friend, which we'll get to quarterbacks yes. in a moment, but and, go ahead. And Kalaja Lipscomb. Kalaja Lipscomb looks more of what a standout Vanderbilt receiver looks like because he's a little undersized. He doesn't have – I mean, he's not little, but he, he's not a 6'5". Not six a smurf. Five. Right, right. So he's – but he's a guy he's catches not, a lot of balls. He's not Terrell Owens, though. I mean, Correct. 
I mean, he, he 87 catches, I think, last year, which leads the conference coming back. So, again, they have – they're in the conversation for – the best player not saying that they have the best player at those positions but they're in the conversation legitimately at those three skill positions which makes them kind of a I mean that's a that's more of a sexier look than Vandy is going to have as opposed to the here's the offensive guard we have and here's the defensive tackle you know and we'll see how Derek Mason handles that but people will go to Keyshawn Vaughn a lot and try to get to know him he's uh he's somewhat of a closed guy He's hilarious on social media. I'll I'll be curious to see how he handles the mosh of 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 media there because I I know you've seen longer than I have. Players that go to these things either are overwhelmed by it, or if they've gone multiple times, they just they love it. Or if they just have that personality. Yes. Um, yeah, Damian Harris at Alabama. Yep. Last year was was asked something. Um, was asked about the quarterbacks because you had Jalen Hurts and you had Tua Tungavaloa, and somebody asked Damian, who's very smart, like like very very intelligent guy and very engaging and quick on his feet, and he was asked by somebody who thought they were being clever, you know, well, has, how many times have you been asked about the quarterback situation? And Damian looked the guy right immediately dead in the eye and said, how many times have you asked me that? <laughs> and he said, I, I haven't asked you that. I'm not asking you about the quarterbacks. I'm asking you how many times you – he said, I heard the question. Didn't you just ask me that at the other room just a few minutes ago? <laughs> well, kind of – and just jumped all over right. him, you know, in a fun way. He was laughing, and, and the guy was kind of red-faced, but he was like, oh, yeah, I got to laugh at myself for that one, too. And so, sometimes the stories – So you'll get those guys. Sometimes the stories on that, sometimes the stories we get are – analysis of the media's analysis yes. of uh, looking in the mirror a little bit which it makes makes the event fun but yeah and i'll let me let me share a little because i've been going to this for like 25 years yeah. and i will be going again I, I was with the tuscaloosa news in alabama for for quarter century and the, the way vandy often is and and you know vandy's track record over the years is they're kind of an afterthought their guys are really smart. I mean, that's not just a, a stereotype. They, they give thoughtful, intelligent answers. Right. And they're the type you can get a little one-on-one time some with, like last year with the offensive lineman who had the FBI dad, I Justin think. Justin School. Justin yes. School. And first of all, I had to ask him about his last name, a guy named School going to Vandy. Um, <laughs> so how do you ever skip class kind of stuff? But, I'm, I mean, it was almost one-on-one. And But, but I, what I would go to Vandy guys for as a guy who wasn't covering Vandy was if I'm doing an issue story or, or a, a thing that I'm asking various people, the Vandy guys will give you the real quotable, thoughtful answers. Yes, because I ask the Vandy guys, I ask everybody there um, for a story on which had the which school had the worst visiting locker room of the ones they'd been in. And school, as I recall, said ours. We were I was in it in the spring game, and it's by far the worst. <laughs> and then proceeded to break down why. I think that'd be accurate. I mean, yeah. the classic example of the Vandy guy giving. Answers to those types of stories is Oren Burks. Uh, was that two years ago, where Greg Sankey, the commissioner, came up and he was talking about race relations, and uh, you know a lot of that was in the news generally at the time. Missouri would have been a hot topic. Yes, guess. Black Lives Matter, those t- types of topics. And I remember he presented in his state of the conference or whatever state of the SEC address. If you want answers to this, thoughtful answers, go to Oren Burks. Mm-hmm. And then everybody flooded Oren Burks, the linebacker, who's now with the Green Bay Packers. Right. And you got very thoughtful. Articulate. Yeah. 
and I it rem- was. I remember that. Yeah, and and so the people will usually go to the Vanderbilt guys, like you're talking about about those type of issues stories. I'll be curious to see this time if they go to. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn, the question I think he's going to get they're asked. They're going to get – well, first of all, they're going to go to Keyshawn Vaughn because he's a good football player at a recognizable position. Whereas, you know, if you got a guy – okay, he's an all-SEC lineman. That's not as sexy to people who are writing. You have 14 teams to choose from and three players and one coach each all there. But but this guy may – you know, this guy could be the best running back in the conference. And that's, the, and that's what I was getting to. The question he will absolutely be asked – is are you the best? Yeah, probably by somebody that covers Georgia or Alabama. Mm-hmm. Are you the best running back in the SEC? And Keyshawn Vaughn. Benny Snell took that question last year. And that's said, who I was right thinking I am. of. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of. And Keyshawn Vaughn is a somewhat shy guy, but he'll be prepared for that, I think. And Keyshawn doesn't. Keyshawn doesn't know how to give an indirect answer. He only knows how to give direct answers, and so. His, his running style is kind of like that. Yeah, he's not is. trying to it run is. around you and make you make you look bad. He's trying to run over you and through you. Yes, and I, which so, makes him different than a lot of you. We've seen the Zach Stacy, who's a, a speed guy who I saw in high yep. school. We that's a different type back for Vander. This is a between the tackles. You, you all right? You linebacker, I'm coming your way, and then I'm going to outrun everybody exactly. in the field, which is what he did in the bowl game. Um, his answer, if he will be asked that, and his answer is probably going to be yes, I'm the absolute best running back in the country. That's what he'll say, mm-hmm. which will be a great headline for. Yeah, and you don't get that out of Vandy guys that often, right? Kalaja Lipscomb will be the most engaging. He he just he's that personality. Uh, Jared Pinkney, I don't know. We'll see. He's he's. He's hot and cold. He's a very funny guy. I think he's opened up some. He was the guy at the NFL draft, Pinckney was, that went around and was kind of Vandy's correspondent, man on the street interviewing people. So he has that personality that they're trying to get to pull out of him. I mean, the question on the field for this Vandy team well, is – Let me, let me sure. back up. Well, the, the other question that Vanderbilt will get asked by not just people from the Knoxville media, but every they'll get asked multiple times about basically – should Tennessee University of Tennessee be playing paying property taxes in Davidson County <laughs> um, because you know they Vandy owns them yeah and and that's not a fluke one year thing you know you get that question when you upset somebody the previous year when Ole Miss upsets Alabama can you do it again blah blah, blah. this is a this is a pattern here yeah it's three straight over Tennessee and this is I think five out of seven. Vanderbilt's the, been the better program yes yeah not the better team the better program right. And, a, and that speaks volumes for Derek Mason. Yeah, and at, uh, you know, well, let's see how the preseason poll goes, but I think Vandy will probably be picked last in the poll. And, uh-huh. you know, they were second to last last year in the East. It's not like they were they were one game better than Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I grew up in the state of Tennessee, and some years I have to check myself to forget what you've known of the last 40 years. Vanderbilt is better than Tennessee. They're not better this year. They're better the last seven, eight years. And you have yeah. to remind yourself because the history doesn't tell you that. It right. You can, you can have the one game where maybe they're a little injured and they're not, you know, you, you've got more incentive for some reason and, and maybe the ball bounces right and it's 25 to 23. And yeah, we beat our rival. You can have that. This is not that. Vanderbilt has just owned this series lately. And you can look in the draft. Vanderbilt had better players right. last year. Uh, but that, yeah, that, that. So they will be asked about that and yes. they better be prepared to answer it because it's going to be on a bulletin board no matter what.
they say. And they're they're a little more, even though they have been dominant, I think it's now thought of popularly is that Vanderbilt is the upper hand team in this. So now it's more you're the hunted than the hunter. Sure. Yeah. And you can't play the underdog against Tennessee. No. And and much of that will depend on the season and the Tennessee game at the end will depend on the quarterback. And yeah. again, all three guys will be asked about that, not just by us two, but media around the around the conference because oh, you have a great running back, wonderful a receiver, tight end. Okay, what's the link all, all between the these guys? Stuff. Yeah, now, who's going to give them the ball? Yeah, and give them the ball. Derek Mason is going to say this competition is going to go into preseason camp. I don't think he's, I don't think he's sugarcoating there. I don't think he's he's spinning that. I think that's a, a sincere answer. Deuce Wallace, uh, Riley Neal. Deuce Wallace was suspended last year. He was the backup before that. He's been in the system for what three years. Even though they're changing offensive coordinators, the terminology is the same. The offense is going to be similar enough. He knows the offense. Riley Neal, the Ball State transfer, we saw in the spring. You saw firsthand in the spring. You liked him, right? Yes, very much. He's accurate. He he definitely even and this isn't what you always see from a transfer in a spring game. He had a command of the offense. He yeah. didn't look like he was looking for answers. We saw him in two minute drill where you got to make quick decisions, and he's a, he's a, he was a Vandy mind. I mean, he processes information quickly. Um, he didn't seem to force a lot of things like balls in places they shouldn't go. So he was throwing to like the fullback and like why do they throw to the fullback? Because he was open, right? And right. This, that's what a quarterback does. And so he will have. He will have his opportunity, I think, to prove that he understands the offense because they he's going to be fine in the atmosphere if he's the starter. Deuce Wallace will be comfortable because he knows what he's doing. Um, Riley Neal, if he's the guy, he's started something like 32 games or something like that. A lot of in the MAC, but a lot of them in Big Ten stadiums. He played a game in Notre Dame. So he's not going to be wowed by SEC games. Yeah, no, the speed will be faster, yeah. but he's got – where that catches you is when you haven't been on the field at all, you know, where you don't have college experience, you're a high school guy, or maybe you're just a practice guy and you're a quarterback and they don't hit you. This guy's been hit. He's been in, in real games. He's been in weather where he played. Um, and, and also he got all spring and, and got the spring game because there was an injury situation with the other guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Deuce Wallace set out, had a minor little injury, wasn't a big deal. But he did set out so Riley Neal had, had his chance to shine and did fine. And, and that's a good experience for a guy who's the first time in the, the black and gold uniform. And, you know, is, is it a big crowd at Vandy Spring Game? No. But it's more like live football. And it when you're the guy who's trying to get acclimated to a new place, I think those things matter. And I assure you he got some more snaps in, in drills like in practices than he would have maybe if they were both healthy for the entire spring. And the guy that will win that job will be the guy that can get the ball to those three guys that are coming mm-hmm. to media days uh, the most efficiently with the, the fewest mistakes. I know that's a coach's cliche, whoever can move the chains and doesn't turn the ball over. It, it, it I mean, that holds water in this. If you don't turn it over and you can get the ball, get it to Pinckney quickly, get it to Lipscomb quickly, and be able to do somewhat what Kyle Shermer used to do, which was one of Kyle Shermer's strengths among many was that the pass was called and he recognized a run. He would get them into a running play, mm-hmm. um, and he could recognize that at the line of scrimmage. 
Deuce Wallace, I think, can do that. We'll see if Riley Neal can do that. None is neither as good as Shermer, but and then you got a slash guy. Yeah, um, Mohassan. Yeah, Mohassan is a he's a guy that can be used in different ways. Sure, right. He can be a change of pace type. You could bring him in and. And he lines up at quarterback and then splits out or, you know, takes it and runs with it and a lot of day. I think they can put a package together for him. Well, and what I wonder with him is Deuce Wallace is a running quarterback. Hassan did that a little bit last year. did that in spring game, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Do they, if Riley Neal is a starter, does that package then go to Deuce Wallace? If Deuce Wallace is a starter, do they need that package? There's a lot of questions there. With a new offensive coordinator, you do have – the flexibility to let's just kind of try whatever and with georgia first on the schedule why probably not try better whatever. have some stuff they hadn't seen and, sure bring and, some gadgets out bring some surprise because we can keep that game close because that's that's going to be a game where it's hard for an all sec running back to find traction unless your offensive line's a sure. lot better than maybe we expect it to be right now so you want to go to baseball or well, a let ranking? Me, let me just let's kind of sum up about the football team as we head into sec media days the, it, it is interesting. I think you can get a little glimpse of what a team can be or might be by who they bring because now they bring three players and not one and not two. And the fact that it's three offensive skill players, does that tell us that we should expect that, that the games that Vandy wins this year are going to be on the higher scoring end? Or do we think that Vandy's going to be 14-13 and, and really be the defensive type program that's been more often in more, more recent memory? I, th- I think a coach – is not going to get away from his style despite personnel. And I think Derek Mason is in the Stanford mold. Uh, and they love their tight ends. Yes, they do. Throw to the tight end. I mean, well, look at the three skill guys. Those three skill guys are – now, Keyshawn Vaughn is a home run threat, but he's still a between-the-tackles running back. He can he can grind on you. Yes. And he, will, and won't wear down and, okay, I'm checking out. Because right. I didn't like the first 10 carries against Georgia where, where it's tough sledding. Lipscomb is a more of a possession receiver. Mm-hmm. Pinkney actually stretches the field more than Lipscomb. He's a matchup problem yeah. for people. But he's still a tight end. So I don't think th- those three guys aren't necessarily the guys that are going to put you up in the 35, 40 points. They'll want the quarterback to do less, not more. So, yeah, they could have some high-scoring games, but I think they still prefer to play good defense uh, be really good on third down, really good in the red zone, be efficient, good special teams, run the ball, throw to the to the tight end, and win games 28-24. Yeah, I think that's you, still more what this team is. If you told Derek Mason ahead of time, I'm not going to tell you who wins this game, whether it's Georgia or whether it's one of the not, not as big teams, whether it's Tennessee, and it's going to be 20-14, to 14, he'd take that. Absolutely. Because he thinks he, he's got to – Best chance to win. He's probably not thinking they're going to win a lot of you know forty eight to forty two games. No, he he and and really historically, even in some of their bad years, Vandy's been really good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So yes, he he he's comfortable in that. He likes that. And maybe this is a little higher scoring team this year, but I still think their comfort level is in those types of games and trying to be physical. When Vandy's been competitive in the SEC. They've been they physically matched up usually on defense, right? But when they haven't, when they haven't, they've really dropped off quickly, and that's when they haven't had depth. We'll see if they have depth on defense this year. If they do, then they'll be a bold team. If they don't have depth on defense and their quarterback's not bad, then 
that they're gonna they could waste these three guys. I don't think they will, but the, there's and, and another ball game for Vandy would be a big deal. Oh sure, yeah, and, and they, any ball game really the last. Three, three, four years, I guess at least three years, Vandy has gone into November saying if we go three and one or if we go two and two, we're going to a bowl game. And that's really all you can ask for at Vandy on a consistent basis. Well, let's do switch to a spot where um, Vandy can ask for more on a consistent basis, <laughs> which is on the baseball diamond, the national champion. Um, Vandy boys are now um, minor league men. Yeah, uh, most of the lineup is gone. Um, I've, you know, been asked, does that mean this is a rebuilding year? You know, the old line is it's not rebuilding, it's reloading. At, at We just talked about football with Alabama football. You get that every year. Who, all new players, still a national title contender. Baseball for Vandy. You know, I, it, I don't want to say national title contender because there's a lot of empty spots on that starting lineup. But they'll be probably ranked in the top five coming into the year despite replacing – what, six or seven of their nine starters? Well, what they do have back is what matters most. Pitching. Yep. Yep. If you have Kumar Rocker. There's your Friday night. Yep. Mason <laughs> Mason Hickman. There's Saturday. And then Sunday could be, they could move Tyler Brown, one of the best closers in the country, to their st- nah, to the He'll be the closer. They'll, they'll find out Sunday might be a rookie. It might be. Uh, or or uh, one Jack, of the, the Jack Lider, yeah, who, Al Lider's son. He's a. This is football. We'd say he's a five-star recruit, one of the best right-handers in the country. But then they've got Jake Eater that that closed out the national title game. I think he'll be in the mix as a starter. Ethan Smith, a local guy from Mount Juliet, will be in there. Hugh Fisher. There's a couple of others, but the, there's there's they, multiple they, options. Just off what we just discussed, they've won two out of three every weekend in the SEC, just based on that. Yes, <laughs> if, yeah. they, if they get five or three runs, Rocker sometimes. may be the best pitcher in the country yes. coming in next year. Mason Hickman, well, Mason Hickman was undefeated this past year. Mason Hickman is like eighteen and two or something like mm-hmm. that in his career. If he, if if Kumar Rocker wasn't at Vandy, Mason Hickman would be the stud of that of that of one of the best rotations in the country. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be their their number two. That pitching staff could remind people a little bit of the twenty fifteen staff, where it was Carson Fulmer was their Friday. He's with the White Sox now. Philip Pfeiffer, a very underrated left-hander, was their Saturday guy. He's in the Cubs organization now, double or triple A, and a uh, very good college pitcher. And then Walker Buehler, who's an all-star with the Dodgers, was their Sunday guy. Right. This could look a little bit similar. Bullpen, bullpen will have to come along, uh, which I think it will. And, you know, the big question is, do they have enough hitters in that lineup? We'll see because they're losing a lot. Right, and, and this is college baseball, and there are going to be 10 to 8 games, like we saw the kind of games you saw in the SEC tournament and in the postseason else. They, this is a team that got gave up 15 runs in a, in a super regional right. game, right? That so can it, happen. It happens, yeah. And uh, that puts you behind an eight ball where the 2 to 1 game may or may not go your way. And, and so for you the, do have to have hitting, is my point. And for the for the Vandy fans that listen to this, they're already rattling off names. Of, well, we still got this guy and this guy and this guy. The ones that don't follow Vandy until maybe the postseason, um, there are guys on this team that have started and that have played a lot and that were high-end recruits that just have not got on the field. You know, it's kind of a side example. Uh, Joe Gobolo, who was drafted – uh, the 21-year-old redshirt freshman was drafted a few weeks ago. Is signed now. 
He pitched two innings in his Vanderbilt career. He was injured one year, but he pitched two innings. I was about to say, I'm sorry, I don't even know who that is. Pitched two innings in his Vanderbilt career, and he was drafted top 20 rounds. So that's the guys that are not getting on the field are draftable guys. So like Jason Gonzalez was their starter at third base as a freshman. Well, he didn't start this past year because Austin Martin, an All-American, took his spot. Cooper Davis was their starting center fielder and leadoff man. He got hurt, and then he couldn't get back on the field because Pat DeMarco was in center field, um, one of the heroes of the College World Series. There's, there's Justin Henry Malloy would have been a star on most teams at first or third base. He couldn't get on the field because they had all SEC guys all around the infield. So there are just countless examples uh, in that lineup of guys who were phenomenal players who couldn't get on the field. Isaiah Thomas is the best one that I like to pull out because – he was the third-string center fielder this year. The first two guys got injured in center field. He started a few games, hit 370 with, like, four home runs in, like, 10 games. And you're thinking, wow, is this the best player on the team? He's, he's pretty good, but he's the third-string center fielder. He'll be starting next year. There's a lot of examples of those guys. They'll be really good this next year. They, they got one more guy back that, that you didn't mention, Tim Corbin. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it's a good one. That's that, that. You know, I can. I'll start with that and build around that. And and it's such a boy. This is going to be. I know we're way. We're like nine months away from really talking about this, but it's going to be different than the last national title because 2014 they won with a surprising national title team. The next year they came back as a number one preseason loaded with draft pick type guys. That's the Dansby Swanson, Carson, former Walker Bueller team. And it was like, okay, well, you got to repeat. You're the best team in the country. You got to repeat. You're getting most of the guys back. This will be different. This will be, we just won the national title, but hey, we all new guys. Let's just kind of see what happens. It'll be a very, it'll be a low pressure situation, which I think Tim Corbin and those younger guys will appreciate. Right, but they will be top five, I think. Yes. And, and they will be... You know, and and the toughest league in the country. Um, yes. And every while they might like to say, you know, well, look, you know, we don't have all those guys back, so you can just take this. You know, we, okay, we won the national title, and we, yeah, we won the SEC and the and the tournament, but you don't need to put a target on our backs when they when they roll into any SEC stadium or any SEC team runs in here. There, this is the measuring stick. They are. They will have the target on their backs. They yeah. will be the hunted. But they kind of were this year. Yeah, and it was that'll start with media and social media because every game that they play, despite who's on the field, every game they play will say versus defending national champion Vanderbilt. Right, and and, it, and they have to wear that. They, there's yes. you know, I'm, I'm yeah okay. Well, I wasn't starter on that team last year. I don't care. You're, right, it looks looks like a black and gold uniform to me, and I'm the other pitcher or I'm the other hitter. I want to hit Kumar Rocker. And and I think Rocker is a great example because I think it'll go both ways. It'll go, we're bringing our best because we're going to beat Kumar Rocker Mm because everybody in the country that follows baseball knows who Kumar Rocker is now. Right. You can't get that name out of your head. It's a great name. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, The no-hitter and College World Series. He was the College World Series MVP. And I I covered his dad, by the way, when he played at Auburn. I was still in college. I covered Auburn for the Tuscaloosa News when I was in college. And I actually covered Tracy Rocker. When you do the second generation, you feel old. old. I am. I'm venerable. Venerable (laughs) is what we're going to go with. Venerable. Okay. Venerable veteran. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But so – There'll be that, that he'll have to deal with that. Everybody has his start circled. On the other hand, he'll have a little bit of that intimidation factor sure. of, I'm Kumar Rocker. Mm-hmm. You can't hit me because I'm Kumar Rocker. Yeah, but they're not sneaking up on anybody. No. 
it'll it'll go both ways though, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, after the no hitter when he went to Omaha, he kind of had this kind of awkward. Oh, here's another question about the no hitter. He 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 handled it okay, but he will get the full effect of that next oh, yeah. season, not just one yeah. week or two you, weeks you, of you it. You throw a no hitter, you did something very special in one game. You're the College World Series MVP and guaranteed first team all american you know preseason whatever um everybody you you ain't hiding from none of that i remember dansby swanson in the 2015 season about the second or third time that i had asked we were talking earlier about reporters Mm -hmm. asking the same question i asked him maybe in a month into the season about being the preseason number one because I don't know. Maybe they got beat by Belmont or Austin P or somebody, and every, you know, everybody, everything's a huge celebration. Beat yeah. Vanderbilt, number one. They lost for, Austin P this last year. That's right. That's right. And well, I asked, maybe the key. Maybe that. Maybe that is <laughs> that got them going. Uh, and I remember Dansby Swanson after the fact, uh, after the interview was over, he said, "Can you not ask me about being number one like again? Can we just not do that anymore?" It's like, uh, sure, but, you know, he was very frustrated by the yeah. same questions being asked over and over. Not by me, by a whole bunch of other sure. people. But Kumar Rocker will get the same question about the no-hitter, about Omaha and all that a thousand times next year. And yeah. He'll, he'll have to face it. And by the way, he's not a year from the draft. He's two years. Exactly, yeah. He might as well get used to it. Right, right. Yeah, you got you got a big, nice uh, cape and a, and, a, and a uniform that has an S on the chest. <laughs> you might as well make sure it fits, you yeah. know, because yeah. um, it ain't going away. Um, and, and let's quickly um, touch on, on some other sports because you did a review, as we do with all the schools and the, the major colleges in the state and, and these the ones we cover on a week-to-week basis year-round. And we, we took a look, which I don't think the Tennessean has done before, at Vanderbilt Athletics top to bottom, as in what was the best best team, best program on campus this past academic school year, athletic school year, which was baseball, national champs, and which was the worst, which was basketball, which didn't win an SEC game. 20 game losing streak and everything in between and and where we, where we felt they ranked. Yeah. What did you learn from that exercise? Well, there's uh you know there's two ways to look at a school especially like Vanderbilt. Uh where are your premier sports ranked? That, cuz that's how you're going to be measured. Mm-hmm. Uh and then where are your Olympic sports or non-revenue sports? Are the, the the one question for those and I people are golf or bowling fans or whatever they hear this sorry to say but are you a national title contender because most people don't care to follow those sports if they don't have a direct link to them unless they can win a national championship to my thinking vandy has one two three teams in that category that are a national title contender most years Men's golf, women's tennis, women's bowling. That's a that's a big number. Among three. the other sports, because baseball has been correct. There. Yeah, of the non-revenue sports, they have three right now that can win a national title any year, and those are the three. Now, women's soccer is a very good program. Won women's the golf, SEC, yep, which is a major accomplishment, but, yes. but it's not. It, the SEC in so- women's soccer is not what the SEC is in baseball or football, let's be honest. And women's golf is getting there. They were in the NCAAs, uh, in the regionals. Uh, I think they made the nationals, but, yes. but didn't do very well in the they nationals. Were top, they were top 10 in the rankings, so they're mm-hmm. getting there. But there are three non-revenue sports, women's tennis, women's bowling, men's golf, that you can say any given year now they could win a national championship. That's one measurement. The other measurement, as I said before, 
where are your major, we'll say four sports, where are they at? Baseball is the best in the country. Football, of the 15 sports, we had them seventh. Football at Vandy to be middle of the pack, I think is, is fine. That's You're pretty having good. having a winning record and going to a bowl that's consistently, which yes. they have done lately. Um, you're you're on the you're on the right side of of the ledger. But the big red flag is those bottom two: men's basketball last, women's basketball second to last. Any other year than this, women's basketball would have been last probably because yes. they were that they were almost as bad as the men, and that's yes. saying something. They beat the Lady Vols. They beat a a mediocre Lady Vols team. That's, that's why the I'm, only reason they yes. were, and they they actually won an SEC game. Yes, which is something the men didn't accomplish. <laughs> To be fair, so if, but no, they were they were historically bad, as were the men. Yeah, I mean, and if you look historically of the fifteen teams at Vandy, usually you would think, well, if you just say the last decade, baseball is going to be one or two. Basketball should be top five. Women's basketball should be top six or seven. If you look in a larger picture, the last thirty years, women's basketball should be top three. Right, um, Jim Foster years yes. and everything. Yes. Football, you would think, would be closer to the bottom. So of 15 sports, historically, you would say football is probably like 12 or 13. The fact that they're seventh right now speaks pretty highly of where James Franklin started. with Bobby Johnson a little bit, but James Franklin really took off. And where Derek Mason has kept it mm-hmm. somewhat stable. So football is in a good spot for Vandy. Baseball is in the best spot you can be. And basketball is... A year from now, if if men's and women's basketball are the bottom two of this ranking, number one, there's some huge questions around Jerry Stackhouse's hire. Right. And number two, Stephanie's not the coach of the women's team if they're this bad next year. Right, right. So there are things to look out for. And one of the things that's going to be interesting um, with this exercise, which I brought over from something we did in Tuscaloosa looking at Alabama's programs, is when you get like a five-year ranking and you can see that – Football's trending this way. Basketball's trending this way, you know, which if it doesn't trend up, that's not a good sign because there's nowhere to go. But, uh, yeah. but you know, you, you can see that, you know, maybe you can look over five years or seven years and see that they hired a new pick your sport coach and lacrosse or whatever. And they went from being the 10th or 12th or whatever best program on campus to be in the fourth. And you say, OK, now, you know, you got a really good commodity there whatever sport that might be or if, if golf continues to trend up where it's up there with baseball you know it it gives you some idea on campus of of, of who's doing well consistently if, if you look at it over time yeah and so and I, I think i think if you talk to to if you were the new ad or i were the new ad and somebody said look i'll tell you what if you you can either take this or take your chances football will average seven wins and average going to a bowl I will say, you know, seven of the next 10 years, you'd probably take that. Absolutely. And, and they've, they've trended that for more than a couple of years. So that's on the right side of the ledger, like I said. Yes. Football, basketball cannot continue the way it's no, been. Basketball has gone from uh, basketball has gone from a B to an F. Mm-hmm. Football has gone, over the last five years, you're just talking about the Derek Mason years, it's gone from a, a D to a C plus, right. B minus. Um, baseball has gone from an A plus to an A plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the women's golf, uh, men's golf, women's tennis, those type of sports, you've gone from a B minus to an A because, and and those are sports where they made really good hires. 
that took them from competitive to national title contending. Right. And that's what, you know, Vandy should be able to do that in a lot of the non-revenue sports. Sure. A lot of the, and we'll be stereotypical here, but a lot of the white-collar sports. Mm-hmm. Tennis and golf, Vandy should be good, good in every yeah, and, year. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, you know, it, it's harder in football because the demographic you're recruiting it, it, to when they don't really make academic exceptions. You can't even buy your kid a scholarship and Vandy by pretending they're a rower like you can at certain <laughs> other right. schools. That's and right. that's a shame, I think, yeah, but it's, yeah, it it's a reality with that, that they have to live with. But Vandy, and, and much like Stanford, which you mentioned um, before, can find the right kids in the right sports. And, and basketball, quite frankly, should be among those sports. That you you should be competing with Duke, and maybe you're not getting the ones that do targets, but you're getting the next tier with Stanford and Duke and those good academic institutions. That it, there have been enough examples of those being good at basketball, men's and women's. That that that's not an excuse. So in review, baseball is really good. Mm-hmm. Will continue to be good. Football. We, ra- we is- ranked them from baseball to basketball. Which <laughs> is really which is really odd. Yeah. Had you gone back 15 years. And said, "I remember when Vandy baseball would have been last. Exactly, it, it was if, three guaranteed wins in the SEC, 15, where you never got three guaranteed wins. You go back fifteen years and say, hey, in twenty nineteen, Vandy sports are going to be ranked first to worst or worst to first, and it's men's basketball and it's baseball. Most anybody would have said, oh, so men's basketball probably went to the Elite Eight that right, year, yeah, and well, they, baseball they must was have terrible. Won or contended for the SEC? Wow, yeah." Nope, that's nope, not the case. No, nope, they checked out in the first half of the SEC tournament. Somewhere somewhere about the 10-minute, 42-second mark, it was kind of, that was the end. And, and baseball is churning guys out to the draft at, at a record pace. Like, like at an Alabama football pace. Yeah, uh, but it's what it is. That's 2019 Vandy. It's not 2004 Vandy. Well, it's, it's an interesting ride, and it's an interesting time for Vanderbilt Athletics. And uh, the anchor will be, will be dropped in Hoover, Alabama. For SEC Media Days, and uh, you and Joe Rexroad will have more to talk about. And we will podcast from there. All right. Is the hope. Is anchor the hope. anchor up. <laughs> <laughs> My microphone up. Now, let's not even get no, into the okay, anchor sorry. down. All right. Yeah. But they are dropping anchor. In, at, correct. At the correct. Hoover. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And um, you can download this podcast at all your popular places that you find podcasts or find it at Tennessean.com. And uh, we thank you for your time, Adam. We'll see you.